Star Wars 7x7 episode 2638. Today, Star Wars Visions is out on Disney Plus, and we're going to start talking about the various episodes within it, starting today with The Duel, which is the first episode they feature, and we'll also talk about the Filmmaker Focus episode as well. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Boyvod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So Visions came out on Wednesday and all nine episodes dropped, both the Japanese language versions and the English dubbed versions. But also there's a filmmaker focus series that came out along with it. And there are little featurettes on each of the nine episodes. And if you're not aware of this, then, you know, here's the quick thing. There's a novel called Ronin coming out next month by Emma Miko Kandon, and they've written something that extends the world of the duel, which is that first episode in Star Wars Visions. And I thought maybe a fun way to go about talking about these episodes would be to focus on one episode per podcast here and sort of supplement it, if you will, with information from the filmmaker's focus episode that goes along with the particular short. And I thought starting with the duel made sense because, well, first of all, it is the number one <laughs> item in the list as it appears on Disney+, Plus, but it's also probably the one that we should be paying the closest attention to comparatively because it's the only one, at this point at least, for which there is another story coming. But for now, we're just gonna focus on the animated short itself. And by the way, something out of this is going to be nominated for an Emmy Award next year and probably multiple ones. I mean, if the Maggie Simpson Force Awakens from its nap would get an Emmy Award nomination, then by all means, <laughs> Visions is gonna have have multiple entries in that category next year. So for a first takeaway, you've probably heard at some time in the past that George Lucas was definitely influenced by the films of Akira Kurosawa, and the creators of this particular short were influenced by Kurosawa's monochrome era of filmmaking. So yeah, I'm learning stuff about this too. And that specifically means like black and white, and they wanted it to actually look analog, wanted it to look like hand-drawn, and the way it's animated is, I mean, it looks almost like you're watching an old film print, like a black and white film print, like there are uh, almost artifacts on screen as the animation continues that makes it seem like you're looking at just, you know, an old and, you know, not pristine black and white movie print. And there are pops of color here and there, but you know, it's very limited and it tends to be limited to technology. Like for example, the Sith Lady's lightsaber or the, uh, you know, the display on the droid that accompanies the Ronin. Very thoughtful uses basically and very effectively done. And I should say at this point that we are kind of in spoilery territory. Like I'm not gonna reveal how the story ends or it's resolved or anything like that, but there will be a couple of spoilers in here about that particular episode. So just, you know, here's your fair warning. And so a second takeaway would be, you know, I was thinking about how Dave Filoni and John Favreau have talked about The Mandalorian and about the notion of, you know, getting all the Star Wars toys and throwing them in the sandbox and just playing around. And this short very much has that feel from the transport that looks like it's the body of an Imperial Walker, but just set on wheels instead of legs 
to the guards that are guarding this village, which include a Death Star droid and a Trandoshan and a Gran and a Tusken Raider and a probe droid that's actually being driven around by a Doug, like Sebulba is a Doug from The Phantom Menace, right? So yeah, it definitely has a feel of like, oh, all the toys. And there's even a reference in the filmmaker focus about one of the creators and having the toys and using that as inspiration too. It's wonderful and comforting and exciting to know just how excited other people are to be able to create in this world. So yeah, there you go. All right, enough said about that. And a third takeaway for me was the fact that there are elements of the story that are definitely homages to other Star Wars stories. Like, for example, there's a moment that is definitely reminiscent of Revenge of the Sith, a fight scene that is reminiscent of that, and a moment that's reminiscent of a fight scene in The Phantom Menace. And one of the creators talks about having seen A New Hope when he was four years old and just about how all these stories you know that they've carried around them with them and that they're you know the homages that are in things like this are basically their way of giving back the things that they were given themselves and I just thought it was such a beautiful beautifully expressed sentiment and so if you're watching Star Wars Visions if you have Disney Plus and you have the opportunity to watch it please do also watch the filmmaker focus things this one was only like eight minutes long so it goes real quick and yeah it's it's just really need to see such passionate people you know like for any reason like I love all the behind the scenes stuff in general but you know anytime somebody is getting to talk about something that they've created in the world of Star Wars like it's just it's wonderful to see I think the fourth takeaway is in regard to the canon timeline, quote unquote. So yeah, I know we've talked about this in saying that it's probably better looked at as a legends kind of thing as opposed to actual canon. And I mean legends in the sense of myths and fables and legends as opposed to the old expanded universe sort of situation. But if you wanted to try to get an idea of when this legend, if you will, is being taken is taking place or being told, you would have to place it in the era of the First Order because the troopers that we see as part of the bandits that come to menace a village are wearing actually a variety of different types of stormtrooper armor and I swear one design almost looked like Nile concept art to be honest with you but I feel like I spotted death trooper inspired armor in there at one point but there are definitely first order stormtrooper inspired helmets in there and so you would have to say that you know whenever this story is being told or this legend is being placed in a timeline if you will it has to be within that sequel era space. And the fifth takeaway has to do with the big reveal. And this is something that like we knew the Ronin had force power. So that's not necessarily the big reveal. Like we've seen the scene where the, you know, the blade is being caught in between the hands with the force, right? And so the you know, Sith lady says like, oh, I haven't killed a Jedi in a while. This is great. And then the Ronin pulls out his lightsaber and what do you know it's also a red lightsaber so he appears to be a sith of some kind and i know there's a lot of discussion going on online around this like oh maybe he's not a sith maybe he's a jedi and he took the lightsaber away from a sith maybe he's a gray jedi like you know that whole thing but if you watch the filmmaker focus thing you will find out that according to the creators of this he is in fact a sith 
But what's particularly fascinating about it is that they are saying, you know, Sith don't necessarily have to be just robbing and killing Jedi. Like, they could have their own other purposes. And so they describe Ronan as a hero but a bad guy and that you can see that he's Sith because of some of the... The way they put it is like the foul methods and means of his fighting style, basically. And so they establish that he's going around and collecting other people's kyber crystals, other Sith's kyber crystals, but why is he doing that? And their whole thing was, oh yeah, we're implying that there's more to his journey and there's more to learn. Like, why is he going around doing this? And if, you know, this is just, you know, the latest crystal that he's captured, then what's he going to do next? Is he continuing his hunt for other Sith? And are those the only crystals he's collecting? Is he only collecting Sith crystals? Hard to say for sure, but it certainly seems like that's the case. And yet, he is definitively Sith according to the creators, so ah, it's going to be fascinating to see where his journey leads next, and thankfully we do get to find out where his journey is going to lead next because of that novel Ronin that's coming out next month. And there you go, that's what I've got for you, five top takeaways from The Duel, which is the first of the nine episodes in Star Wars Visions, and that is going to do it for this episode of the show. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it, as always, and may the Force be with you, wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items, are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders, may the Force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.